0: This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a toddler son and a daughter who's a
1: full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys and another on the way. This is a show about life after giving life.
0: Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bed Mother, stay in bed. Plus, Biz wants to know who is really being rude. Teresa is not allowed to leave the house for two minutes, and we talked to Helene O'Lin from Slate's the Bills about personal finance.
1: Woo! How are you, Teresa? Dude. <laughs> I seriously, I have seriously I have a story for I, you. Okay? I, I'm gonna settle in. All right. So Jesse's on a 16 day long tour. Right. It's been going fine. Okay. Okay. But you're here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm alive. My kids are alive. Um, <laughs> so the other day, I, like, I sold our couch on Craigslist because we want to get a different couch. <laughs> is this the? Is this the couch that the yogurt went no, into? Different no. couch. No, <laughs> different couch. That couch is just gonna stay and Kid continue couch. to get more and more destroyed Smart. as time goes on. Smart. Um, so this is our regular, like, living room couch. And I sold it to this very nice couple on Craigslist. They came to pick it up. I had to move Jesse's car from outside our front gate to make room for the people to carry the, the couch. Uh-huh. Okay? So then later, the couch is gone. The kids are a little wired because the couch, couch is, is gone. gone. That's, like, just weird, you know? Right. It's, like, kind of exciting and the fun. The couch is here? Is the couch not here? Yeah. Like, right. you know? And so... I had to go back out and get Jesse's car and move it back, you know? And I'm like, it crossed my mind, like, huh. I can leave <gasps> for two minutes. Two it's minutes that just it's to like, move It's the... going to take me two seconds. like, yeah. I mean, really two minutes. Like, actually, it's... technically, about two minutes. Right. Like, that's not an exaggeration. That's not— No. Get in the Another car, submissive. drive it
0: in, get out of the car. Yeah, back right. up.
1: Like, that's basically it. So I'm like, guys, I'm just moving Daddy's car. I'll be right back. And they're like, okay, and they're running around. I don't even know if they notice. Like, sometimes I try to not make a big deal if i right. disappearing for a second because they're in the middle of playing. Yeah, like, they wouldn't even know. Yeah. Right. And so, but as I come back inside, I hear water running, and I'm like, did they? And they're screaming and laughing in the house. And I'm like, did they not like, get in the shower? Did they, like, turn on the shower yeah. and get in the shower? Like, what are they doing? Sillies. As I walk up to the house, I notice. No. Yeah, okay. They ha- No, you can't even guess. There's no way we'd even guess what they did in okay. the 2 minutes that I was okay. gone. Okay. They turned on the garden hose and they shoved it through the mail slot into the kitchen. <sighs> oh my god. They turned it on full blast, like full blast, oh garden my god. Hose through the mail slot and they propped it there. Then they were inside. Simon had put on his swim truck. Oh, And they my were screaming and laughing oh hysterically God. and bouncing off the walls and playing in the water in That's the kitchen. filling up your kitchen. Filling up, kitchen. filling up That's my kitchen. literally filling up yes. your kitchen. Hardwood floor kitchen. Oh, my God, yes. Teresa. Yes. That is the correct response. It was... Oh my shocking. That it is was shocking. It was crazy.
0: This is like cartoon next level. It was
1: cartoon next level.
0: It really it makes you realize that there probably is no exaggeration in movies yeah. or books or like we're like that yeah. could never happen yeah. like, like that's such an exaggeration
1: yeah like how would they even think of that how
0: would they think of that kids yeah. are idiots well, right they thought of it <laughs> kids can think of <laughs> lots of things guys kids actually have yeah. limitless brain palette yeah. for thinking
1: yes Wow. It was amazing. And then obviously I had to spend like an hour Hour. mopping stuff up with towels. While crying. Were you crying? I wasn't crying. I I was so... In shock. I was just like... I can't believe that. Like, it was already funny to me because it was so (laughs) So crazy. Yeah. But I was also mad. I was really mad. And I had to, like, put Oscar in the crib. And, like, he was flipping out because I don't normally use the crib for, like, timeouts. But I was like, you have to be out of the way. Because I'm going to be mopping this shit up for a really long time. Tried to get Simon to help me. He's bad at helping me, obviously. So I abandoned that idea Ugh. and I was just like using every towel and then Simon like apologized and made me like a series of like 10 apology drawings <laughs> you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah familiar but like anyways I just I couldn't this is like it's like it's I amazing. live with these people yeah. and that happened in less than two ma- I mean it it's just
0: you can never leave your house it
1: never ends ever the weird ever stuff,
0: really no I'm I'm telling you Ever no, because it's not like tomorrow your kids are going to be like college ready. No, like you have a really long time with these two, yeah, and a pattern
1: is being established. Of <laughs> please, please <laughs> don't take it there. Let's not. I just, but this is I, the last time something like this will happen, right? <laughs> yes, Teresa, is that what you'd like? I will definitely say
0: yes. I'm tired. I, you are so tired. I mean like we could just end the show now because that is just, everybody could just sit and think about yeah. that for the next hour and 10 minutes that we would normally fill with just talking about sure. stuff. Just let's just stop the show there sure. and only think about. Teresa I'm very sorry. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. Uh, I, I am both sorry. Yeah. And in all. Yeah thanks. You're welcome. How are you? I'm all right. So I this is where I say to the universe uh, it's normal for Kids around seven years old, even if they have been traditionally polite and nice, to become really rude, right? Like that's not a failure on my I feel part. It like can parents. happen at any time. Okay, because like, right? Katie Bell's going through yeah, this phase. Kids go
1: through phase. that any time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, can you tell me? Well, I'll tell you that it'll never yeah. happen. Uh, your children will are not establishing a pattern mm. uh, of awesome kid behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need you to tell me, nope. Children will go through one small, very short, rude phase, and then after that, behave like perfect children. Mm. Is that true? I need you to tell me yes.
1: Yes. Great.
0: Thank you, friend. Uh, So Katie Bell. I actually do believe that. Eventually. I mean- It's one of those things where like, I I feel like I have a lot going on with this. The rudeness is I really don't know where it's coming from. Like, It all kind of came to an head this weekend where- we're at karate. She just finished two hours, like back to back, of classes at karate. She's tired, and we're coming off the mat. And one of the instructors, who is an older woman, who has very little—she's to- like very little tolerance for any foolishness. Uh-huh. <laughs> i <laughs> like, she has never given Katie Bell a private lesson. I'm uh-huh. just like, that is not a match. Yeah. My child is all foolishness, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, we're coming off the mat, and she wants to uh, give Katie Bell a pointer on something she saw her doing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can tell Katie Bell's starting to lose it, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Just And even I'm just like, all right, you've explained this now. Uh-huh. We're good. Okay. We're going to move on. But, like, I say, uh, okay, thank you. Katie Bell, do you understand and she kind of does this like mumble shrug thing she's been doing. And I said, Bell, do you understand what she says? And she's like, yeah. And it's so directed to me. Oh, yeah. It's not directed to this woman, but that yeah. woman gives me the look. Yeah. The full like, condemnation, oh, judgy. Kid. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't fucking Veruca salting out here, right, like right. on the floor. Oh. She just gave me a tired yet rude. I'm not forgiving it. Yeah, I just yeah. know where it came from. Right, right. And, but like, that look uh-huh. stuck with me. The look of the woman. The woman. Yeah. For the rest of the day where I'm like, I wanted to just like stop everything and be like, yeah. what do you want me to do in this situation? Right. Do you want me to like reprimand her publicly? Because I, I, that's right. not my method. No. No. Do you want me to, are you expecting me to yeah. hit her here like in public? <laughs> like, is that like, is that what you're expecting me to do to teach her manners? Like it was so filled with that look. Yeah. And I just was like, it made me like really, it really threw me. And, uh, and then that like led to this feeling of like, what am I doing something really wrong here with like, like she went, she went with a friend to go see a movie. uh, Cause like we're entering that stage where she's going out with friends. Uh You know, she goes with this, uh, her best friend and the mom to go see a movie and I come to pick her up and the mom's like, you know, she didn't eat a lot of pizza when we went out for lunch. She did have her whole box of candy and when she was done, she was asking for, you know, Her, my daughter's candy and my candy, and I was like, "Geez, Louise, Katie Bell, you know." It's like later, like I talked to Katie Bell about that because she's been going through this, like asking for stuff she knows she can't have, asking for like stuff that's not hers, Uh you know. Just like this whole level of like kind of rude behavior that I don't want to come to define her, so. Then, like, I wrestle with that and the whole thing of, like, well, are my expectations based on her short seven years of life, or am I expecting her to be somebody who's had years and years and years of experience developing this? Uh, Am I being unfair? So, anyway, not today's discussion, just sort of, like, where I am uh, this week, uh, trying to figure out how to deal with this, like, how much is normal, how much is just repetition, and then it's going to work itself
1: out, uh yeah, so and, and can just, I say something? I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fix it for you. I know. I just oh, want to say can. you're doing a really good job, and yes, it's gonna be okay. She's going to be fine. Ugh. This is not okay. Every single person listening, every single person <laughs> who knows you, <laughs> knows that you have really great kids and that your kids are going to grow up to be upstanding, polite people. <laughs> I hope so. She's a kid. I don't know. I don't know.
0: So let's just talk about something more relaxing okay. than trying to raise perfect model citizens okay. uh, while mirroring correct behavior to our children and <laughs> not screwing it up. Let's let's talk about something easy, like getting our children to stay in bed.
1: Mm-hmm. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married
0: to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you.
1: Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Stay in bed! <laughs> I would love to, thank you!
0: Oh, man. <laughs> this is Nay right. Staying in bed is yeah. not a problem for adults.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, this is a real problem for children. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about why and uh, who really cares. <laughs> and I, I can already tell you the answer to that is me. Yeah. I really care. Let's talk about staying in bed the early years. Okay. The crib yeah now i will I will say right off the bat, neither of my children ever crawled out of a crib uh-huh. i am I am that weird unicorn, but it haunted me, uh-huh. I don't think I did anything special <laughs> to make them. Yeah, some do kids it. do,
1: some kids don't. Some kids do, yeah. some kids
0: don't. I was a little nervous that like Ellis was going to, uh, and we did transition him out of the crib probably earlier than other people do. Uh, uh but not for like I think we should talk about that. I all right, there's so a, wide there's a wide range. There's a wide range. I, agree. Of people, like, You're I know
1: people who started at 18 months. Like You're Oh, correct. she was ready, you know, like Well,
0: right. They yeah, they yeah. were crawling out of the crib, so they just took him out of the yeah. bed. Yeah. The, I have friends who, like, just their kid sleeps on a mattress on the floor because they kept, like, rolling out of the bed all the time. So yeah, they just literally or, built or, a bed on the floor.
1: Or there's people who are like, my kid just hates the crib right. so much. I'd That's rather right. just get her a bed or yeah, a bed and, deal and just, it. like, tr- start afresh. And yeah. instead of, like, trying to do sleep training in, with this toddler in a crib that they hate. That is correct. That
0: happens, too. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, so, and I was just about to dismiss all of that. like with a. Swoop of my hand, that's guys. What I'm here for, Biz. Thank you. Don't worry. That's just gonna be just a here normal correction. I'm just gonna be myself, guys, for the first <laughs> time on the show and dismiss everything that's not relatable to me. Uh but uh yeah, so my kids didn't, but this was like a true fear.
1: Really? Of my yeah, oh why? Yeah, why okay, why were they? Uh, so here's right.
0: why. These are the uh, the main they're kind of two things. Bonking the head? Two things with this. One, harming themselves. Yeah, I did they're just gonna get yeah. out. And they're I mean Katie Bell, we were in a tiny place in Brooklyn. There wasn't a lot of places to fall. And Ellis, same thing. His bedroom is (laughs) so
1: tiny. But why does that matter?
0: because then right as soon as they come out there's a bookshelf or a oh, corner oh, or a chair yeah, or like whatever there's not a whatever. lot of
1: like comfy
0: landing but for some people i know that just means there's an easy place for the kid to get their leg on and climb out yes. right like so
1: yes. uh
0: but for me it was always a fear of harming themselves like i was going to wake up to the sound of that though i think most stories that i hear are people just waking up to their kid coming into their yeah. room and being like why yes. are you not in a crib oh totally uh so th- okay so that's so a one is hurting themselves. Two is being scared out of my mind, as if a ghost just walked in my yes. room because my child, who should be in a crib, is suddenly standing is at the foot weird of my bed.
1: Adrenaline rush <laughs> that happens when all of a sudden you are like, "Oh my god, you are there!" Uh, okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Where is my reality? Yeah. Okay, so and then third
0: is totally almost unrelated to anything. There, it's it's about all the videos on YouTube of kids climbing out of their cribs, and they're always in. If you go, don't don't. Don't go and look up kids climbing out of their cribs, guys, because I did when I was like, that can't possibly be a thing when I first had Katie Bell. Uh And then you watch, and it's like the grainy baby cam video. It always makes
1: things look creepy. Very Blair Blair, Witch.
0: Simultaneously, when Katie Bell was like that. Age, any yeah. other crib. There was like a YouTube video going around where uh, this, and who knows, if, I don't know if it's true or not, but this, like, uh, guy lived in this, like, a, you know, apartment or something, or guy, whatever the setup is, in a house on a hill. <laughs> oh, mama. Anyway, he kept realizing stuff kept disappearing at night from, uh-huh. like, his kitchen, like, his food and stuff. He oh was my like, God. this is really weird. So yeah. he sets up a camera one night, and, like, at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> a panel from his ceiling opens up, and this woman crawls out. She had been living up in his ceiling, crawls out, crawls down over the cabinet, over the kitchen stuff, helps herself to food. Just a woman? Yeah, just
1: a woman. Oh, this up is there. S- it's, way creepier it's than I thought so creepy. it was going to be. Okay. But this is
0: what those crawling out of the crib videos look to me, because it's okay. quiet. You're asleep. You don't know what's yeah. happening. And the kids are, like, getting out and playing with stuff and, like, crawling on, like, weird furniture and stuff. Yeah. The whole thing freaks me out, yeah. and it's completely unrelated to truth. So, yeah. <laughs> reality. Yeah. So that's. I don't know how I. I was sure it was Ellis was going to be that kid because yeah. it was everything but, else. Yeah,
1: yeah. But now talk to and did because Simon crawled out right. Simon did. Yeah, <laughs> at two years and three months or two years and four months, <laughs> he started. <laughs> well, the reason I remember is because Oscar was four weeks old. Oh, So yeah. that's why I remember, like, exactly when it was. Because we had <laughs> the two cribs in that room. That's we had right. both cribs because Simon was still in a crib and Oscar was new baby. Oh, so and... would you be in there breastfeeding and then, like, Simon would wake up and crawl out of the crib or something? No. Okay. No, the way that it started happening was... Um, We were, like, it was around that time, like, I think a lot of kids go through this around two, two and a half, where, like, he just started to not need to go to bed as early anymore. Mm, Like, he he was still taking that big old daytime, like, afternoon nap, and then we were still putting him to bed at, like, 7.30, and he just wasn't tired till, like, 9. And so, but that was our routine, and we probably weren't, like, paying that close of attention to how tired he was, because we were busy with a newborn, and, like, so we would put him to bed, and he would just be bouncing around in there, and that was when he was, like, Screw this! I'm not gonna like hang out in bed, yeah. like to hang out here. I'm just gonna get out of my crib. And he started climbing out of his crib. And so, like pretty quickly, you know, we had the the like super cheap IKEA crib, the like yeah. sixty nine dollar <laughs> one, where you can take the side off yeah. and it becomes a toddler bed. So we right. did that. That was what we did. Yeah. Um, like right away because I was like, this is stupid. He's just climbing out. I He's mean, it was out. like it was easy for him. Like once yeah. he figured out how to do it, it was just easy. And I wasn't actually that afraid that he was going to hurt himself. Yeah. Because I could see how he did it. Yeah. But it was just like why this is obviously his way of saying I don't need a crib anymore, I'm you done. know. <laughs> um but actually in hindsight and we can talk about more yeah. about like strategy and like approaches yeah, yeah. to handling this and stuff. In hindsight, I actually kind of wish that we had waited a few weeks Mm. and seen how it went and just tried putting him down later because Um. what I didn't realize was that this was like a not tired issue rather than just being he's climbing out and thinks it's fun to climb out issue and like what happened when we took the side off the crib and made it a toddler bed was that all of a sudden he wasn't like secure and cozy anymore Uh like he had he had not been a kid who disliked his crib he'd always been fine in his crib and like once the wall was gone, he's he was just like constantly sliding off the bed and rolling out. And like it was very just because there open was no, cozy. there was no, yeah, he wasn't like compacted in there. You know? I think that's true though. I think almost that's why they, a lot of the
0: beds offer the like the big kid beds or toddler beds, whatever you transition to, yeah. offer those bumpers the that you screw on because bumper, yeah. all of them roll off for like a good, I mean, both my kids. Katie Bell rolled off her bed for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she'd go for months not rolling off. But then, like, up until the age of like four and a half, you know, every once in a while you'd hear the thump. Yeah. From the and, yeah. you'd, and you'd wait a second and then the cry. You'd go in, um, and that was when she had transitioned to like her proper big girl bed, like so a It was twin a bed? much bigger fall uh, right okay, than the yeah. toddler bed. Yeah. Um And uh, but like Ellis just last night. Just rolled. Even though he's got yeah. the wire, he just manages to roll right over
1: the, oh, yeah. the arm occasionally. I know. Those little, like, side things, the side rails, much. I'm like, it's kind of, it's there to, like, let them know something's yeah. there. And sometimes they just don't care. They don't care. Like, they, they don't care. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Now, but
0: Oscar, you're about, you're yeah. still in a crypt. I am still in a crib, but we're, we're ordering bunk check. beds. Age check. Age
1: check. Age check. we are a whole show
0: on bunk beds. I know. Age he's, check.
1: He's going to be three in one month. So he's he's going to be three. A month left. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I never month. thought it would go this long. I kept waiting for him because he's, I mean. Well, I that's just, funny. Are you just waiting for him to crawl out? Or were you going to
0: transition him I, differently? I of, you... Well,
1: I knew I was going to wait longer. Yeah. Like, if, if he wasn't going to be climbing out all the time. I was going to wait yeah. longer because um, of how hard it was with Simon when right. we did the transition. But, um... But no, he just has never really, he climbs out of, if we're traveling we're using the yeah. Baby Bjorn travel bed or if we're using somebody's pack and play, he can climb out of those and he's climbed um, out of those. Yeah. But he doesn't climb out of the one at home. Like, he just doesn't. I don't know why. He, I don't know if it's, I, I, I think it might be a tiredness issue. Yeah, he just, goes to bed with bed. Simon at 845 or whatever. Yeah. It's just a lot later. And I think he doesn't have that, like, I need to be, and the, the other thing with Simon was, Simon knew we were up with a baby yeah whereas now it's like he and simon are going to bed in the same room together at the same time i think there's less of a motivation to try to escape right like he's sort of like this is what we're all doing right yeah you know yeah that's interesting but i sort of always had three as like my thought like well if he's still not climbing out at three i'll probably be ready because of like potty training and other stuff like and i for that reason and we've told The kids for a while, we're gonna get bunk beds for them because we want to open up some because a room is pretty small. You're about to have to put a crib in there, and we're gonna have a <laughs> crib in there, yeah. yeah. So, we need we know we're gonna need bunk beds, um, soon anyway. And so, I've, I've already told them, like, it's it's happening, all right. Well, it's happening, okay. So, it's about to happen, so it's about, about to happen. I'm about to do it, all right. But the that's, other, can I just add yeah. one other component to this? Yes. There's, there is a part of me that's like. I should just see this out. Like, even if he's three and a half and he's still sleeping in a crib, it's if it's making my life easier. easier. But the thing is, my belly. I can't, can't lean over, over the, yeah. and it's actually really hard to lift him in and out. Yeah. It actually really it is, is now. So I'm not. I'm now. I'm motivated. I'm like, and and also if he's having a hard time, like I'd rather just lay down with him in the be- in like a twin bed, you know, than like be sitting on a hardwood but floor. But you can also like, be like working out. The transition before that baby comes.
0: Well, exactly. In general, just yeah. in general. Just Any getting, transition things, problems. getting things.
1: Yeah. And we are like working on potty train, training yeah. like more affirmatively now. And right. it's just it's just time. Like you just kind of know. Oh, yeah. When it's time. Yeah. You know? And so, but there is that part of me that's like, my life's about to be over again oh, for like uh, another year. So like somebody comes and rips the
0: tablecloth out from yeah. the vases. Yeah. Once you take the bars off, yeah. once you uncage them. Yeah. And you put them in their their bed, strangely they just want to run free, which is weird. Now, again, I'll set this up mm-hmm. by saying, for the most part, mm. my kids stay in bed. Uh-huh. Um, we are, I mean, Katie no. this is, which is different. I want to say, I think there's two getting out of bed situations. Yeah. There's bad dream. There's right. uh, every couple of weeks, hard go down, mm-hmm. you know. But we're not doing, like, okay, just as I had the images of the Crawling Out of the Crib horror film, mm. suddenly there's a child standing next to your bed, nightmare. Mm. For regular <laughs> for regular toddler or big kid vet or whatever nightmares I have is the Super Nanny episode I watched long uh-huh. before children. The Super Nanny's uh, situation was they were unhappy with their children getting out of their own individual child beds. They wanted that yes. to stop. Right. But the horror scene was like... You know, them showing the clock every, like, 10 minutes pass uh, and the kids running out of the room and the parents just, like, give up immediately because yeah. who wouldn't? And so Super Nanny's solution was you pick them up and you put them back in the bed and you walk out and you close the door. Yeah. You pick them up, put, put them, them back, back in the bed, bed walk, walk like, out, over and close and over the door. And it's times. like... Two nights of yeah. the, like, night cam of the, yeah. of the parents just dragging the kids and yeah. putting them back in the bed over and over yeah. and over. And so to me, yeah. that is my horror. That is uh, what I imagine getting out of the bed mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, Ellis is starting to be like, I have to go potty. Right. And like, half the time he doesn't. But right. I can't be like, shut that down. Yeah. Because I can't, like.
1: You have to listen I to have him if You're yeah. right. Yeah.
0: So uh, for the most part, though, the kids are. In their bed Uh at night, great for the most part. That's great. But this is not true of all. I mean, what are your kids? Because Simon had a real problem.
1: You had to sit with Simon. I had to sit with Simon. Was that just going to sleep, or was he just getting out of bed? No, no, it was. Yeah, he was getting out of bed at bedtime. But once he was asleep, he would sleep through the night. Right. Um, But we had a brief period when he was maybe like three, three and a half, where he was getting up during the night. It was like around the time that I stop where, where I like night weaned Oscar and mm. I stopped coming in at night to feed Oscar. Uh-huh. And I think Simon like subconsciously noticed that I wasn't coming in. And so right. he started waking up around that time and coming oh, into our room. But that lasted maybe a few weeks. Um But other than that, no, Simon, Simon, it was just a matter of bedtime. And like once he turned around, like a little before turning four, um his – he stopped napping during the day yeah. at school, and I think that helped him be, like, more tired at bedtime. Yeah. And um, he also just, like, developmentally was, like, understanding the concept of, like, I'm supposed to stay in my bed, mm. and I I will listen to what I'm supposed to do, right. and I will do it, which is something that I honestly thought would never happen. Right. Like, he's my oldest kid, and he, it was so hard for so long. You know, it was a year and a half of me having to sit there yeah. and physically be that barrier. Right. I was the crib. I was the physical mom crib, yeah. keeping him in his bed until he was tired enough to go to sleep Ugh. every night. And, um, and you know, I got used to it and everything, but... Um, <laughs> I got
0: used to it. I did. I got used to it. I
1: got really used to it. Um, and then he um, ultimately was, like, more chill, and I started noticing he was, like, more relaxed about it for a little while. And I started thinking... I think I might actually be able to leave There's and ways. so I started trying and he got up like maybe a couple times but we just walked him back and he stayed and now he really he really gets it yeah. like he just yeah. really stays and it's great. Oscar will be a new adventure because he um he does sleep through the night most nights um but some nights you know I hear him like I'll hear him say something or call out yeah. or cry for us like not even Not even five seconds, but just cry out, you know, like a dream or something. Um, And he'll go back to sleep. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see whether, like, if if he's not in a crib, that's enough to have him go like, huh, I could get up and go find mom right now. Right. Um, Which he might do. Katie Bell still gets up every once in a while Mm -hmm. with
0: nightmares, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's pretty easy to go put her back into bed after that. I'm a little concerned with Ellis and the night terrors. We still have those. Last night he he had one where he was still totally asleep, but, I mean, hysterical. It was a good 20 minutes of me sitting in there with him. Clearly, in his night terror, Mama wasn't there. Papa wasn't there. And there was no, you know, and I keep making the mistake. The more I try and comfort I no longer try and pick him up. I just have a hand on him and try and get my voice through to him. But it took him a long time to kind of come to. And so I do still have... Have those worries that because there's a there is you know statistically if your kid has night terrors they will tend to sleepwalk
1: right yeah. more which is a
0: totally different situation of staying in bed right than you know than yeah. what we're talking about right now yeah yeah and opens up Doug, great I've got all a couple of years. <laughs> to totally build that up into a horror show in my mind of fear. Uh, based they on... usually start later? Is it that... starts a little bit later when yeah. they start uh, sleepwalking. Everybody's stories are basically that I've heard uh-huh. of who sleptwalk started around five, six, seven, uh-huh. you know, okay. like that age. And, yeah. you know, they find him out in the front yard and stuff like that. Oh, and I'm just like, oh! Yeah, Um. strap him down. Yeah, uh, I'd like to, though, talk about because uh, this has been fun to talk about, but probably not insightful to anybody in any way. Yeah. So let's talk about why this is so hard. Let's wrap yeah, up yeah, on yeah. why this is so hard. Yeah, because, you know, even when, like I said, Ellis was is not a big getter out of better. But like the put down time, like while I'm trying to get him down, it can range anywhere between, uh, you know, two times of him getting out of bed to an hour. Of him not staying in bed, yeah, right, totally, and or when Katie Bell wakes me up in the middle of the night with a nightmare, you know, like it is. Sometimes it's easier in the middle of the night for me to have much more empathy and mm-hmm. like be, yeah, be more of a I am your parent and this is yeah. my job, and I feel good standing yeah. up and comforting you and getting you feeling safe again. I get that, but the earlier
1: no. stuff with the Alice, evening,
0: I bedtime. get. Yeah so angry and yeah. I think about like even just crawling out of the crib any of these scenarios that we have talked about yeah why are those those are not ones anybody talks about like ah it's not it's like teething whatever it's really horrible but you're getting through it yeah people's retelling of the sleep thing is always a, like a pit of despair it
1: really is Is it just that we're yeah. done
0: by the end of the day and that's the like way because in my mind it's it's bedtime now. Yeah. This is the one time where there's no noise and nobody's coming to me. And yeah. I and for me, given how my day is, mm. the one time I have my work, I get my catch up on personal stuff, have self-care time. So the moment that door opens, it's gone. Like, I feel right. like it's being taken from me yeah. aggressively. Yeah. Right? So, like, is that just me? I mean,
1: do you find it? I mean, are you have a, I don't know. No, do you- that is not just you. I mean, I think it's really real. I think, honestly, like, the way, it's so hard. I think it's a combination of things. You're so tired at that point of yeah. the day. You don't have a lot of fuel left to, yeah. like, deal with hard things. And <laughs> you also have this, like, mental to-do list is the other component right. of that. And, like, The longer it's prolonged, you're more tired and you still have these things that you want to do. Even if they're, like, things like watching TV with your partner or, like, calling your mom or, like, you know, clearing the dishwasher. Like, whatever it is, you just – then you're getting closer to bedtime and, like, your own bedtime. And that is stressful and painful in and of itself. Um, But I I, I just want to say I think one – Coping mechanism that I had for that was like for better or for worse, was that like once I realized that I just could not leave Simon in his bed without him just immediately getting like I couldn't, it wasn't even that I couldn't walk him back. To be, like he wouldn't yeah he wouldn't ne- there was no moment of him staying in bed on his own he right. was bouncing off the walls yeah. he was like literally i mean he just would not lay down yeah. he would not i mean i had to physically be there and once i like I reached a level of acceptance about that <laughs> I found a way to use that time and like listeners, long time listeners know, I would sit there with a cocktail, you know, I would like make myself either a glass of wine or a cocktail or something nice for myself. And I, and I bought a Kindle. Like I bought myself a Kindle because I couldn't read in there in the dark and I didn't want to look at my phone at that hour because I was burnt out. And when I looked at my phone, I found myself working and getting more stressed and thinking about things I should be doing. Right. So I got a Kindle and I started reading novels at that time with a cocktail by his bed. Yeah. And sure, I was like still getting a little bit interrupted. Yeah. But I was just there and I was actually kind of also enjoying that time for myself in addition to – and I – Granted, I had to get to the point where I was like, there is no other choice. Like, yeah. there's the, cause there is the, because for a long time it was, this isn't okay. I shouldn't be here. I need yes. to leave him. He needs to learn to go to sleep by himself. I went through all this trouble to sleep train him as a baby. He went to sleep by himself as a baby. I'm ruining that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll never be able to fix this. He's, right. you know, he needs the independence of going to bed. All those issues. I was done. I had another kid, too. I had a baby. I I was also had a different situation. And I just needed him to stay in bed and go to sleep. And for me, emotionally and physically, that was the best solution for me. And actually, it really worked. Like, I wouldn't go back and say that I knew it was going to work. I thought I was kind of like caving in a caving. weird way. Uh, yeah, but, I was like, talking about but that. But it was, I didn't have rage anymore.
0: I think this is so important because we, we have talked about this in different ways on the show, but like when you, I can remember you telling me on the show that yeah. that's what you were doing. And I remember just being like, that I mean, like the in the yeah. all purely honest yeah. like judging thing. Yeah, and not it's like, okay. And I realize no, it's, it's not okay. judging you because no. it's this. I I could don't want do that. to do that. Yeah, right? Like it's all, I don't want that. And yeah. I think it's clear to point out when we say that we are judging, but we're not judging the other person in that scenario. It yeah. is all about, which, yeah. as most judging is. Yeah. You. Yeah. And I would really be like, how do you get into a situation like that? And I can't yeah. do that. And I will never do that. Yeah. And that combined with. Those complications you just talked about—I've already done the sleep training. I'm yeah. ruining this. This, yeah. I'm I'm destroying something I worked hard to yeah. create. Yeah. Combined with this is something I told myself I'd never do, and yeah. when those two things meet, th- I think that really plays into the rage aspect of totally. this. Totally. I just thank you. I like actually because I was gonna say like what's so hard as the parents. It's just this lack of control and that lack of control invading in your, what you think you're supposed to be doing, personal time. Not that you don't deserve that time, but there's something really nice about making it your own somehow. Mm. I just, that is really inspiring.
1: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) One Bad Mother is supported in part by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. I just want to say there have
0: been two big takeaways from using Blue Apron for me. One, it has totally gotten me to prep food in a different way before cooking. I now prep all my stuff like an hour before now, like while I'm feeding Ellis dinner. So when it's time for me to cook, Everything is just Ooh. dump, 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 yeah, dump, ready to go. Dump. It's just really ready to go when you get to lo- use little tiny bowls. I bolts. do. I get to use tiny bowls. I feel like I'm hosting a, yeah. Yeah, a cooking show yeah. uh, on the talk or something. Dump, yeah. dump, 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 and. The variety of food that has worked into our weekly rotations as a result of trying stuff with Blue Apron
1: and then wanting to make it again ourselves is remarkable. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com badmother. That's blueapron.com badmother. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. I saw what you
0: did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius.
1: I I mean, I'm I just I'm it's, solo for 16 days. That's I, it. I just I, I to applaud really you for it. that. Thank you. I'm gonna that, applaud myself. Yeah, I just I, I just that's it. That's like, it. Good. That's really that's enough.
0: Yeah. That's that it. is more than enough. Thank you. It's really hard. Yes. Uh this is weird. So, the fish are still alive, guys. Though, I will say, <laughs> I will say leopard tail passed to the great beyond oh, today. That? Oh. that was one of the first. Oh, my God. We've been waiting. for This is the one we thought was pregnant. Yeah. We've been waiting. Not pregnant. Not pregnant. Probably the bloat. So, we've had these fish for over a year, and one of the things that I hate doing is taking care of them. Yeah. And part of that <laughs> is cleaning the tank. And to clean the tank, you use this, like, I, the siphoning mechanism. Think getting gas out of a car like you supposedly you can uh, you know pump it in the like one end which just basically yeah. looks like you're giving an upside down hand job yeah. uh in the tank and that should start the siphoning process yeah but it doesn't always and it makes a big mess and it sends me into a rage the other choice to date uh, has been a uh, gas style like sucking on one end and Ooh. trying to get your mouth off before Ooh. it goes in your mouth which oh. i don't want to do no i don't want to do here's the genius Laying around the house, we still had one of those baby nasal bulbs.
1: Yeah, there you right? go. Right? With the
0: squeeze on one oh, yeah. end. Stick that in the end of the siphoning. Yeah.
1: Just give it a squeeze. Give it a squeeze. It sucks it the go. water out. We Bam. should probably
0: call it the fish sucker and sell it for a million dollars. Yeah, But it is literally just sticking the nasal bulb to the end of this tube to act as a siphoner. Uh, and Beautiful. it has been genius. Every time we do it, Stephen's like, this is so
1: genius. Good job.
0: You're welcome.
2: Hi, I am calling in a genius for all of my fellow single parents. My daughter is starting kindergarten this week and next month my ex and I are switching to 50-50 custody. In order to allow as much communication as possible with as little contact as possible, I decided to create a Google Drive shared folder where We can snap pictures at the end of every day of any documents that come home from school and it's going to automatically upload and notify the other parents. That is my genius, Um, providing that my ex adheres to that. That's (laughs) going to really help communication as we conquer this first year of kindergarten and school in the future.
0: I just think it's genius. Yeah, good job. Good job. Failures.
1: Fail. Fail! 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 You suck. So I can't drink as much coffee as I would like to because I'm pregnant. Still drinking coffee, everyone. That's not a, probably a big surprise <laughs> to any of you who've been listening for a while. Start baby young. Um, And I did that with the other two. Yeah, days. I know. It's fine. We don't care, everybody. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, But I just have it in the morning. Like right. I have one cup sure. in the morning and then I don't have it the rest of the day anymore. Um, but I've been like craving the cold brew, like craving the cold brew and, um, I could make it at home. And I actually, I have some brewing right now on my kitchen counter at home. But, um, the other day I thought to myself, cause like the kids wanted, like we looking for something to do. I was like, we'll go to the cafe that's right across from the park that they love uh-huh. They can get a cookie. I'll get some cold brew. I'll just, like, take one sip. sip. And then I'll save it for mm. tomorrow morning. Because cold brew is amazing. It doesn't right. go bad for, like, a few days. So, like, you can keep it in your fridge overnight, and the next morning it's great. Plus, if the ice melts, it's a little more, um, it's a little less concentrated, yeah. which is, like, better for me because I'm pregnant. Sure. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, So, anyways, I get the cold. I, like, do all of this. Addiction is terrible, you guys. I mean, I do all of this finagling to- <laughs> I have this activity that really basically just revolves around me getting more coffee. Right. Um, but so we go to the place, the kids are happy to get the cookies, we get the cold brew, we go across the street to the park, have my stuff sitting on a bench, purse and cold brew where I can like kind of see it. I'm watching my kids go down the slide and like standing like a little ways away where I can see it. And I, I watch this um, like mom or nanny like walking with this little uh probably like Sixteen months sure. old girl. I'm gonna say, and they're approaching, oh. and the girl. I can just feel so, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, coming. It's, coming. it's coming. They're walking too close to the bench. The cold brew is sitting there. It's there. Yeah, she's going for it. the The mom or nanny is pushing the stroller and like what and like looking straight ahead, not looking, holding the girl's hand. Yeah, the girl picks up. She goes. She picks up my beautiful. Beautiful full thing of cold brew, and she starts walking with it, and it's so heavy, and I, I I'm like, I'm like, oh! like hey! I just start screaming. There's, there's another mom standing near me. She probably thinks I'm looking at a kid who's about to kill himself. Yeah, that's the look on my face. Right, and I go running over, and as I'm like halfway to the girl, of course it slips sure. through her fingers and just spills the entire thing everywhere, all over the ground at the park. Just, go- I mean, literally just gone. Oh gone in seconds.
0: You can't have nice things.
1: I can't. You can't. So that was over. There you go. And the coffee place was closed. Yeah. Oh, place. everything. This
0: is a symbol for everything being over.
1: I know. <laughs> Should never have tried to get coffee through in the first place. Guys, lessons we're learning.
0: We can't have anything nice. Uh, mine is mine's sort of like your very first one, your genius. Being oh, that like you just yes. are. My failure is just I'm getting no self-care. You're like getting jeans off Amazon is not self care, no. and so it it just and we're in like a window where it's not like last month where I was in the dark place not getting self care. Mm-hmm. Like I and I, I think it might even be worse that I'm in the hey everything's still functioning. Yeah, you know that's
1: how it gets prolonged. Right, so it gets prolonged. Right, you're yeah. just
0: like like, you're like it's okay. I don't really yeah, need it. Whatever, <laughs> everything's fine. I'm still, like technically, I'm happy. Uh, oh. So. Uh, it's just, that's just a failure and I'm aware of it okay. and I'm going to have to do something about it sometime. Right. You suck. Sometime. You suck.
2: Suck. Hi, this is Chelsea from Alberta, Canada, and I have a fail. Uh, so I have my youngest son is just over a year old and he's been really daddy focused lately. So I thought it was really cute when after daddy left this morning for work, He kept trying to open the back door to reach the handle and open it to, you know, follow Daddy outside. So I'm going about emptying the dishwasher and I look towards our back entrance and I'm thinking, why is it brighter back there than it usually is? Go towards the back entrance and my one-year-old has managed to open the door Mm -hmm. and get out onto the back deck. Obviously, I cannot (laughs) leave the back door unattended anymore. He's one. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to do this at one. Oh. Thanks. Love the show. Oh, Bye.
0: I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I, that sucks. Ellis, uh. both my kids could open doors early. The only thing that kept Ellis from doing it at one was that he wasn't walking yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the moment he could stand up and walk, about a year and a half, yeah. he can open every door in the house. And, like, say it was Katie Bell. It doesn't matter if it's a round knob or a lever knob. Yeah. Both my Leave Ellis... knobs
1: are the worst. Ella, they are. Kid any can kid just can just, just pull it. And, yeah. like
0: he walks outside all the time oh I mean God. the good news is my house is really small so I kind of like yeah, I'm, I'm so aware of it now I know him, yeah. I now know yeah. that my kid can go outside right
1: once uh, you know it's a little yeah like once kid. you know yeah.
0: it's a little, like Teresa knows to get rid of garden hoses <laughs> now she knows that her house can be filled up like a Tom and Jerry cartoon <laughs> with water I'm sorry uh, can we blame doors let's blame doors let's blame doors yep. doors are a failure
1: <laughs> you are the the greatest mom I've ever known I love you I love you When I have a problem I call you on the phone I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandi Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're lady to lady. Do you want a sleepover in your ears? Is that a friend in your
2: pocket or are you just podcast to see me?
1: We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not
3: throwing away my shot. <laughs> oh my I am not God. throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to
1: Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we.
3: Why would you listen to a podcast of TV pilots that never got made? It must not have been any good, right? I don't know for a fact that anyone read it. They couldn't get the deal done. that. It was kind of a regime change. Someone at the studio who was in a decision-making capacity said... These guys seem like losers.
0: They just blamed it on, okay, well, it must be women.
3: We got word that USA had decided to stop doing comedy. Why aren't we making this? It was so good. Hear the TV comedies you never got to see on the Dead Pilot Society podcast. Listen on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts.
0: Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. Today, we are calling Helene Olen, who is a columnist for Slate and co-author of the Index Card. She's the host of the Slate Academy podcast series, The United States of Debt, and answers people's financial questions in a column entitled Ask the Bills on Slate.com. Welcome, Helene. Hi, thank you for having me on. Well, we are very excited to have you on and are going to try hard not to spend three hours pumping you for information, (laughs) uh, given our limited time. But before we get into uh, talking about personal finance, uh, especially as parents, uh, we want to ask you what we ask all our guests as a way to get to know them. Who lives in your house?
4: Well, um, I am married for 25 years, a fact that astonishes me because I'm not supposed to be old enough to be married 25 years So, my husband, first and foremost. Uh, We have two human children. Um, My older son is turning 17 in October, and my younger one is 13. I also have a – my daughter is a poodle. (laughs)
0: Uh, I guess, okay, before we even get into the questions, I realized I had a surprise question. My mother uh, was the bankruptcy administrator for the federal government out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I can say without a doubt, my sister and I were raised with a lot of sometimes wise information, sometimes panicked information about money. Uh, just given what she saw day in and day out, uh, do your children like you uh, at all as they hit this pinnacle ages of thirteen and seventeen? How are they faring with your with your sage advice? I mean are you like on them all the time, given your career or how are you doing? How are you guys doing? How are you do How do I do it?
4: Um how are what you I doing? find <laughs> is they're amazingly cavalier with my money. <laughs> but if um, they have their own money, it is amazing how responsible they will that's be with good. their own money. I, think that's good. Um, yeah. I put my older that's good. son in charge of the financial planning and organizational planning for my younger son's birthday. Um, and I found he 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 actually is quite good at, at event planning. He's very social. Wow. And I found he did a perfectly lovely event and a reasonable budget. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Proving to me that he is capable of doing this in his own life, it was really astonishing. Oh my God! I obviously would have stepped in had he tried to like chintz his brother out of something. So, that being said, I will say one of them is a better saver than the other. I'm not going to say who. I don't want to embarrass my children.
0: It's the poodle. It's the poodle. (laughs) Well,
1: somebody has to be better at like not everybody can't be the exact same amount good save, right? Right. Right. Necessarily.
0: That's right. Everybody. One's good at maps, and one's good at savings. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, Everybody. (laughs) has a strength okay let's get let's get into this so uh finances and families there's nothing stressful at all about that
3: no Uh, nothing. super
0: relaxing uh actually um okay it's probably the greatest stressor for all of us and and the fear seems to be that no matter how young you are or how old you are it's too late Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's too late so uh we're hoping that as we talk about some of this, you can maybe talk us down from the ledge. And I, I, I guess maybe, can we just start with that? Is it no matter what's happening in our financial lives? Is it have we? Is it too late? Can we? Can we not? How do we get our minds around not dooming ourselves? Like into a place of action.
4: Okay. Well first of all, it's never too late. I always oh, go back to an old therapist of mine who and I was whining to her about something I hadn't done about a decade ago <laughs> said to me, well you could either be forty years old and not have done it or fifty years old and not have done it, but you don't get to go backwards. Right? Right. So first of all, never too late. Okay. Second, I always advocate people break stuff up into small steps. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, if you think, oh my God, I've got to pay down fifty thousand dollars versus oh my God, I have to pay down $100 a month, guess what's going to seem more manageable, right? This is right. just common sense. So I urge people to think about it in that fashion.
0: One of the questions we got asked the most in various formats, but it all came down to the same sort of question, is especially after you have kids, uh, suddenly you find yourself in a situation, or a lot of a lot of people do, where the questions that arise are, Is my money supposed to be going towards my retirement? Is it supposed to be going towards their college? Is it supposed to be paying off my current debt? What about the things I actually have to pay for today? Daycare so I can work, so I can pay these things off. Or, uh, you know, enrichment for my kids. I'm not saying $1,000 birthday parties, but like... You know, summer camp, sometimes you got to do that if your daycare doesn't go or your kid's really into science and you want to help them out. I mean, I feel like there's a real pull. And again, the best scenario is to freeze. Not true, but like that's how it feels. How do people, what is good advice for parents who find themselves trying to juggle this emotionally and financially?
4: Well, the first advice I always say is to say, it's not just you, right? We live in a blame society, okay? And we know that, you know, the cost of living has, you know, for many people, skyrocketed while salaries are still less than they were at the, tr- at the millennium, okay, if you adjust for inflation. Right. Um, to pull you know, child care spending has gone up at double the rate of inflation since the Great Recession in 2009. Um, home prices have increased um, by 76 percent, adjusted for inflation. Since um, the millennium, um, your salary has not gone up by that amount, needless to say. I can go on, but you're the general idea, right. right? People have a legitimate reason, a legitimate complaint and a right. legitimate problem. And the first thing you should all really do is register to vote and <laughs> like deal with this as political people because it is essentially a political and economic problem. Right. However, you have to live in the here and now, right? So I can hear what you're saying. Helene, Helene, that's wonderful, but you know, in the meantime, how do I invest my 401k tomorrow, right? Right, right. So, I mean, there's the financial way to talk, think about this, and then there's the practical way to think about this, right? If you're watching Susie Orman or Susie Orman's old show, because she's not on anymore, she will always say you should save for retirement, overpaying for your kids' extraneous expenses, whether that's college or you know, cl- you know, music class or whatever, right? I mean, to me, that has frankly always seemed a little unrealistic. Um, there aren't that many parents out there that are going to go, you know, I need to put money aside for when I'm 70 versus, you know, you going to college or you um, taking a music class or you getting a tutor, right? right? That just doesn't really happen in the real world. And that doesn't happen in the real world partly because we love our children very, very much and we'll pretty much do anything for them. And second, it doesn't happen because our ability to see ourselves in the future is extremely limited, um, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. they put people in MRI tubes and they show them pictures of themselves aged um, where they can't run away screaming, you know, because they're in the (laughs) MRI tube. Um, You know, they actually find you see this person as a stranger. The part of your brain that lights up isn't like you've just seen your husband or your best friend or yourself in the mirror. It's You've just seen someone you've never met before in your life. Wow. So your ability to save for that person is fairly limited, right? Right. And, you know, push comes to shove, you're going to take care of your kids in in the immediate future. So, you know, the first thing we always say is try to make retirement savings automatic. Um, Companies... Do this. Some, for about half of all companies will do this, though they don't set enough aside for you. At least there's something going in. But you should definitively put some, take something out of your paycheck every week. Ten percent is lovely if you can afford it. But if you're going to go into credit card debt to do it, don't take that much.
0: Well, that's a. You know what? Actually, that was a that was like a easy thing for me to do when I had a corporate job. And but before mm-hmm. that, when I was waiting tables, my mind had a really hard time pulling that. And as I'm freelancing now, to pull that six to ten percent out. Uh, and throw it, you know, and stick it somewhere automatically. But um, do you think it is... Like easier now for people with so many automatic... I mean, are we not taking advantage of tools that are out there for us to make this easier for us, especially if we are not in uh, a job that uh, sort of sets this up for us, if we're freelance, if we're working part-time? It's
4: easier and harder is the answer. It's easier because these automatic tools definitively make it easier, right? Right. You could just have the money taken out of your account. Right. It's harder because if you're freelancing, you can't guarantee the money's in your account. Yeah. Um, and you might not have it, or you might earn it one week and not the other. And that definitively makes it harder. Um, so, you know, for I can't give ironclad advice sure. in this situation. What I do personally, or what I did when I was freelancing, and I still do a significant amount of freelance work, is I make sure well, the freelance money goes into savings. Um, and then I would take money out to live on, which was a slightly, I found was a slightly different mindset than just mm. dumping the whole thing into checking. Oh, that's interesting.
0: That's, you know what? That's actually kind of remarkable. That's a good idea.
4: <laughs> I find it helps. It's not a cure-all. I mean, you no, still have no. the money coming in. But it does definitely change your mindset about how it's being spent.
0: Yeah, I think that there's like, I know for me, when I finally had to commit to uh, paying stuff off, which was around the time that I was becoming a more responsible adult um, and knew that I wanted to have kids and things like that, I think what was really the hardest thing was just saying, all right, every month, you know, this 100 bucks or this 200 bucks, depending on which loan I was paying off, is coming out of my check like they're on a automatically withdraw it. So that money has to be there every time. And I think there's sort of a like a mind shift. And I know we do this as parents too, where it's like we were talking earlier about getting your kids to stay in bed. And sometimes you really fight what you thought your life was going to be like. And, and this feeling of I'm going against everything I said I was going to do for my kid in terms of sleep training or how I was going to be. I was never going to sit in this room for you know, an hour every night. And then as soon as you change your mindset about it. The rage goes, the stress goes. And six months later, your kid's going to sleep, no problem. And you've got your nighttime back, right? Like, I think that there's this shift that I had to do in my brain about committing to this thing that wasn't pleasant and was going to limit me. (laughs) Right. Uh, in order to do it. And I think that's really hard for people. I think that's just like a naturally hard thing for us to do, especially given our society.
4: Um, right. I mean, it, temptation's in your face at every single turn. Yeah. And the fact is, as you see people spending and you yes. have no idea if they are earning it, if it's on credit, if there's a generous grandparent in the background, right. if they won the lottery, you don't have a clue. You just see the spending going on. And you turn on the TV and it's marketed at you constantly and you go online and Facebook shows. Shows you ads of really gorgeous dresses, right? right. It's um, or with me, you know, has pocketbooks follow me around the the internet. I mean, it's sinister. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, it's very easy to say, don't spend. It's a lot harder to actually do it. I mean, the thing I always tell people, and this, again, goes counter to major trends, is if you're trying to cut back, you got to stop. you got to lay off any form of credit mm-hmm. card usage or debit card usage, by the way, whether it is virtual, whether it is plastic, whatever the heck it is. The surveys show we spend a heck of a lot less money when we actually have to part with physical cash. Yeah. Um, because we, we read it as pain. We don't like doing it. Um, what was really fascinating to me when I looked at the surveys was how I always assumed that debit cards would have the same effect. But, in fact, debit cards don't. We read debit cards as plastic. We don't spend as much as we would with credit simply because debit cards have a limit on them, right? You don't can't at right. a certain point you are going to get cut off, um, whereas a credit card you can, for the most part, go on and on and on. But, in fact, we will still spend more money if it is in our account than if we have to pull the, pe- the, pl- the cash out of our handbag. Um, and one of the things I even find is, well, I will give the advice that you shouldn't even put your credit card online so you can do automatic orders. I, in fact, violate that all my, myself <laughs> all the time. But I find that we, you know, you know how we all get hacked every other week right now, um, is, you know, when a card gets canceled because of a hack, I find my spending goes down in those two or three weeks before yeah. I get summed up the energy to re-input re- the information online.
0: So one last sort of question, that I think, uh, especially a new families uh with kids or right at the beginning before you have kids face is kind of getting on the same page as partners if you are mm-hmm. in a partnered relationship. Uh any any sort of comment you you've actually addressed people write you this question a lot in yes. different formats. <laughs> this is probably one of your top ass questions just from my uh you know <laughs> taking a look. Um so I guess why do you think that is and what's your general overall like Besides, get it together.
4: <laughs> get it together. Um, why it is? Because we're humans and we don't agree, right? Uh, we're two separate people. Um, <laughs> that old 70s song, it's you and me and we just don't agree right, disagree, right. right? But, I mean, people are not going to be on the same page. And the studies show we do tend to marry our opposite to, the, to an extent, right? Right. Um, favors tend not to tend to have a tendency to marry spenders and vice versa, which is, I think I wrote in, in the column before the one that's currently up, is probably a, you know, the marital form of self-medicating. But, mm. um, you know, to me, where it really gets to be an issue is an issue of control and mm. speaking up for yourself. Right. Um, and this is the things that seem to come up over and over and over again. I am not, unlike many personal finance writers, a fan of separate bank accounts. Um, my experience that has, I've seen that over and over again. In your best case scenario, it just leads to people not knowing what the hell is going on, because most people just would rather not discuss the subject. In the worst case scenario, I've seen it lead to real nasty control issues, Mm -hmm. um, because as we can probably all know, depending on how long you've been married, you learn that incomes go up and down, and different people earn different amounts at different times. Um, Usually these people who earn less are female after a certain time, and um, a certain percentage of people will use that as a control issue. It is no question in my mind about that. Harder to do if you simply have a joint account. Um, That's just common sense. Um, for instance, child care is often seen as women's spending, which I always find kind of fascinating. Like, what, you didn't, was it wow. your sperm or something? Wow. Um, and it will come out over and over again. People will write that it comes out of the woman's allotment. This is absurd. Mm, I mean, yeah. this is basically why I believe in joint accounts. <laughs> at a certain point, you're either in it together or you're not. And right. that's whether you're, and I should say, I'm, I'm, I'm middle-aged, so I say married. I mean if you're married in a partnership, whatever. Right. You're either in it or you're not in it at a certain point. So that's one major thing. Um, secondarily, you know, you Assuming this is, you're not a control freak or a spendthrift, huge spendthrift or, you know, a miser of some sort, you do have to confront people about out-of-bounds issues, but let the little stuff go. Mm. So I had somebody who wrote me, you know, I'm upset my partner is spending too much money on energy drinks. I mean, seriously? Mm. You know, you got to let that one go, right? <laughs> um, on the other hand, and I have a funny story to tell about that, I will tell in a minute. But on the other hand, you know, I've also had people write me that... You know, their spouse has hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, yeah. and they've just emptied out retirement accounts, and yeah. what do they do? I mean, obviously, this should not have gone on so long. Right. And by the way, total aside, if you're at the point where you're emptying out retirement accounts to pay a debt, that is what it is time to call a bankruptcy attorney. Yeah, no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. You, retirement accounts are not used in bankruptcy proceedings. You should. The minute you're going to that sort of money, you are officially probably ready for bankruptcy. I mean, I'm assuming it's not a $500 debt, right? Right. But now, what? But what control leads to? Is I always tell the story of my um, my aunt Doris and Uncle Charlie, who um, I never met. Charlie he actually died before I was born. Doris was my grandfather's oldest sister, but uh, the family still tells the story to this day, even though Charlie died a long time ago. <laughs> um, is that my aunt Doris was a notorious cheapskate. Um, and at some point, she decided that red meat costs too much money, and she wasn't going to buy it for Charlie anymore. And that was the end of it. And what she did not realize was that Charlie's response was, before he came home, as every day, he'd go ahead to the local um, saloon and order himself up a steak before he came home. And then he would eat my Aunt Doris's meal. Well, no kidding, he ended up collapsing of a heart attack in his mid-50s. And that was the end of Charlie, which is why I never met him. But what the family tells the story of all these years later, was at the funeral, my aunt was apparently sobbing inconsolably, saying, I should have sent Charlie more steak, <laughs> and nobody knew what the heck to say, right. because of course, it was well known to everybody that Charlie was simply going behind her back and ordering steak every day, <laughs> hence his death in his early 50s. But... Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> so, so anyway, I mean, so you know, you can't control people, but you can discuss the the Mm -hmm. trick is is to not be unreasonable and not let stuff get out of hand and know that there's going to be back and forth and some of it's going to be unpleasant I mean that's just life and (laughs) you need to deal with it unfortunately
0: oh parenting and money they go hand in hand don't they (laughs) Uh, unfortunately unfortunately well Helene we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and I have a feeling we will have you back on again to answer more uh, questions or just talk us down from the ledge um while well while keeping our feet on the ledge we some, okay. we may be on a ledge we just don't have to jump guys it's okay um, that's a good way to put it okay but, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much and and we will talk to you again soon okay thank you for having me on absolutely thank nice. you okay. Bye
3: sure. bye I I send a message pick up the phone when you I call
0: Yeah, that is, I, oh, I, money is actually a really big stressor for me. Even mm-hmm. though I now have my stuff, like, fairly in check and in, in control. Uh, I had to, and I, I had to tell Stefan early on, mm-hmm. this, even though I know you're coming and we're going to have this conversation, and I know we are not enemies here, yeah. and I know you're not scolding, and I know I actually haven't done anything wrong. We're just about to have this conversation about money, Mm -hmm. it's I'm gonna trigger off the board about this. Like I'm going to get the it's gonna be really hard for me not to get defensive or not get upset or not get stressed out. Um and we had to have that conversation many, many times. And sometimes our conversations about just getting on the same page and you know Mm -hmm. as we you know after we got married was having to have the same conversation over and over again until I could yeah. Accept it and, yeah. ha- and be reasonable in yeah. it.
1: and And also just reach a comfort level about having conversations, conversations. about money. Like, yeah. it's so, I think so many of us come to the table with, I mean, everybody has different baggage, but- yeah. So many of us come to the table with weird money baggage. It's so hard.
0: I'm so glad that Helene came on to get us talking about this, just to even get these conversations started. And again, you guys can find uh, her answer your question and answer column at ask the bills at slate.com. And she, you should check them out. And if you want to email her in specific uh, questions about personal finances, you know, she might be able to answer that as well. Uh, as we all roll along with this. So definitely check that out. Teresa. Yes. Something else we should check out is a mom having a breakdown, guys. <laughs> Hi,
3: so this is a rant. Um, so I am solo parenting for the weekend. I am pregnant. I have a, two-and-a-half-year-old son who is generally, for a toddler, actually pretty well-behaved. Um, except for this weekend, when he was every stereotype of a terrible two, three-nature, hell-beast out there. Um, and I had this whole really nice weekend planned with him where I was hoping that it would be like a nice bonding thing before I have the baby. Um <laughs> And instead he woke up with the word no on his lips starting Saturday morning and it just went downhill from there. And I lost my shit on him so many times. He was kicking and hitting me. He ran down the street while my arms were full of groceries. Like, he, you know, just, just one of those weekends where everything was a fight. He wouldn't drink water and it was 90 degrees out. And I had to put myself in time out a few times, and all I wanted was for my husband to come home and do bedtime so I could take a walk. So I could just take a walk in the slightly cool air and have a little bit of space. And, um... His, his, uh... His guy got stuck in Chicago he is in Chicago tonight, and, uh, and things are just hard, and of course, my son decided that he was going to pee his bed uh, during that time, so I got to do that clean up, and then he had magic in the afternoon, and the, he is fully potty trained. He is fully potty trained. Just one I was like, and I'm just looking... I have to tomorrow, and it means I had to wake up an hour earlier than normal um, because I work and I have to take in daycare. And my husband's usually the one who does daycare in the morning, and I'm just, I'm just tired and exhausted, and uh, pretty much nothing worked out the way I had hoped for, and even went um, sideways five times worse than I could have anticipated, and. Uh, I really do hope that my husband gets on the plane tomorrow. Um,
0: that's all. That's the show. Bye. That's all. Yeah, that's just all. Only
1: that. Only that. Only, that's it. Only that one little thing.
0: That That's it, guys. That's all. <laughs> Not a big deal. Sorry for calling. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: That's a lot. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, like here's the thing. Oh.
0: Again, we, we all... Except I think Teresa and I are finally over it. We'll, like, uh, do these setups of, like, what's happening. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, even, like, five hours of your kid being in that super sweet spot of the twos or the whatever. You can put any age on it. There's going to be a string of just behavior that is not normal for what you're used to and is trying and is difficult and... It can really wear you down. And did you lose your shit? You did. Of
1: course you did. Of course you did. Yeah.
0: Good job putting yourself in a timeout.
1: Yeah, good job. Really
0: good job. And you know what? Even on the moments where you didn't, it's okay. It is okay. You are a person with emotions and uh, feelings and you are, it is normal to get burned out and super tired. So you, look, you are doing a remarkable job.
1: Yeah. And you did it. And I you mean, did you it. did that whole weekend and yeah. it was even longer than you planned to do. Oh, there's
0: nothing worse like, than that call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But you like you really did it. Like the fact that it was hard and shitty and like didn't go the way you planned it, like doesn't take away from the fact that you just did that. You did it. You totally did it. Yeah, you did. Like good job.
0: Yeah, really good job, Teresa. What did we learn today? It is difficult putting our children to bed, and they're gonna get out of bed. Yeah, at some point. You. It's coming. It'll happen. And the real problem is that it affects us in a way that we don't want it to. Like, almost all of parenting has nothing really to do with our kids. It's all about us. I do think a good takeaway, though, Teresa, was the, you know, sometimes if we just change the story and forgive ourselves for not doing exactly what we thought we would always do— Uh, That can be really freeing. It can, yeah. And really eliminate that stress that we're under in those situations. Definitely. I'm going to write that on a sticky and stick it uh, everywhere in my house. Great. (laughs) Like like I'm going to look like a crazy, like a serial killer. Yeah. That's how many stickies (laughs) will be everywhere. Uh, We also learned from our wonderful guest, Helene, that uh, finance is eerily similar to having kids. Uh, You got to get on the same page. With your partner, if that's how you're doing things. And you have to be flexible and change the story sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really difficult to get through various parts of this, uh, but you will get through it. And sometimes it has to be difficult before it gets better.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) register to vote. And register to vote. And show up to vote.
0: And show up then to (laughs) do the voting. Correct. Amundo. So everybody, hang in there. A lot of stressful stuff talked about today. You are all doing a remarkable and amazing job. Teresa, you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. So are you, Biz. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. I
3: got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue. load down Mama Blue got down mama Blues, low
0: down Blues that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course you are listening. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to maximumfun.org.
1: One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate.
0: If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, daddy, baby, buzzer, by, got
3: thrown down mama. room.